You're listening to Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. I'm here with Peter Strong, who is the CEO of the Council of Small Business Organisations of Australia, a very important group, of course. Peter, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. And we're here at the Cisco launch of their new small business platform. We've heard a lot about it, uh, how it's going to be rolled out and implementing technology, uh, a little bit of hardware and software implementation between the two. How excited are you about this particular program. Do you think it's really going to make a big difference to small businesses? Well, it will if it's communicated properly out there. And that's why Cisco, I think, is working with us because we know how to communicate with small business. And we always say, don't even try to communicate with small business. Communicate with the sectors and communicate with the individuals in those sectors because a lot of us use different language. And we have um, not, maybe not different base values. We've all got the same values. But if you're in the transport sector and you're, you're an owner driver, losing your license is the end of your business. Mm. Whereas in other areas, it's, it's a nuisance to lose your license, but it's not the end of your business. So we, we learn to communicate differently with different groups. So working with Cisco, that means we can get out there and talk to them about cybersecurity from their point of view. A, a really good example I can give you is, is the pharmacy area. I know because they're members of ours that if you want to communicate with a pharmacist around cybersecurity, you talk to them about protecting their customers, their information, data, exactly. their data, mm, and that mm. really, they they just think it would be a disaster if someone got their customers' um, health information. That really motivates them. Whereas for other people, it's still important we protect data, but it's not as an emotional attachment for some other businesses to their data, the same as it is for a pharmacist. So that's how you communicate with them. Yeah. One of the things that I think was lacking in today's presentation was the fact that apart from yourselves um, and that level of advocacy, they haven't talked about partnering with professional associations. Now, you just mentioned the very particular needs of a, a particular organisation like pharmaceutical, um, for example. Do you think they need to engage more to understand the nuances of each type of small business a little bit better because to me it feels like a bit of an umbrella approach. Yes, there's going to be certain elements that are going to tick the boxes and, and solve problems, but when you really bring it down to what the specific problems are, do they need to be engaging a little bit more with professional organisations? Well, well, they do and I think that's why they're coming through COSBOA because our members are associations, professional organisations, right. and that way we can push them in the direction of of uh, the Real Estate Institute, for example, and there's a lot of others, and say, so we're up to, here, here they are, we're introduce them, here's the, here's the CEO, this is their value system, this is the sort of organisation they've got, this is how many members they've got, and let them then go and work with those particular associations. You can't work with all of them, mm. so they'll work their way through it. And, and you, know, you know how it is, out, well, you'd know how it is out on the street. Word of mouth works so well among businesses, but you've got to have a start somewhere. Yeah. And once a few businesses start sharing with each other, then it starts to spread. One of the big concerns I know from speaking to small business myself is the availability of the internet connectivity. And I've, I've talked about it many times when speaking to government officials and et cetera. Um, do you think that's going to be a big stumbling block? If we don't get that right, then these sort of fantastic processes will never get off the ground because we just can't log on. How big a problem, in your opinion, do you think that is? It, it's a big problem if it's affecting you. This is the issue. There's some places that they don't have a problem with it. So where the MBNs have gone in, it's been uh, done well. Uh, the, the retail providers have given good service and you don't hear many complaints from businesses in those areas. But as you know, you go to other places where there's dead spots where it doesn't work properly and it really impacts upon your business. Mm. Now, this is affecting tens of thousands of businesses uh, and I don't blame them for complaining. This is their business they rely upon. So I know one a hairdresser and she, um, when she goes home, she's got no connectivity. She's got to walk out the back door 
with the phone to do anything. So that's a real nuisance if you're running a business, more than a nuisance. Because mm, we all do so many things um, outside of our business hours. M the majority of our admin, yeah. bookkeeping, etc., all happens then. That's right. So no, no connectivity means no business. So that's something that we're working actually quite closely with the MDN mm -hmm. on getting those solutions uh, out there. We're also working on uh, getting um, the, the providers to understand our needs as well and just to understand that one day without the internet can be the end of a business depending mm. on the type of business, where you are and what you're going to do that day. So, and if you're a, a retailer and you've got a shop, an online shop and also bricks and mortar and you lose the internet for a week in December, well, that, that's, that's a disaster. So these are the sorts of things that we're looking at is, you know, to say 20% or 10% or only 5% of people are affected isn't good enough if it's your life. That's right. Now, just tell me a little bit more about your role because I think it's very uh, interesting. Is there, is there any crossover between what yourself does and the Business Council of Australia, for example? What is it specifically that, if you could just tell my listeners, what is it that you do? Well, yeah, well, well the Council of Small Business was set up in 1977 by a group of people, and I love looking at the first set of minutes. And it was set up because they said there's no group that's unambiguously about small business in Canberra. Right? So that's, that's what it was all about, Canberra. And because they said there's groups that claim to represent small business, there still are, and they do a good thing for small business, but when push comes to shove, they will go and look after their big end of town members. Mm. And they do all the time. And some of the wins we've had over the last few years, we've had some good ones, have come from the fact that we've attacked big businesses, we've even attacked organisations that claim to represent small business when they don't. And then as time has gone on, because uh, we spent, we were a bit of a war with the Business Council of Australia there for a few years. But at the moment we've said, well, hang on, you know, once we've got past the effects test, there's been changes to contract law. Um, we've got, we're really looking hard at payment terms because... You know, oh, that's a huge problem. Oh, Absolutely yeah. ridiculous. I was going to ask you about that, actually. What are your thoughts on, you know, there's certain um, countries such as France who have implemented a compulsory, mm -hmm. a compulsory two-week turnover for invoices where you are then permitted to start uh, charging interest and, and legal costs. Um, it immediately accelerated their an economy. Now, uh, for me, this is a no-brainer. Absolute no-brainer. What? It's just, it, just do it. Well, it, well it, to do it in... in we have a culture where we don't like to force people to do things. I've got a problem with that because they do force people, government do force people to do things. We just have to talk about compliance to have that discussion. That, exactly. But when it comes to these sorts of things, you've got the old ideologues and their ideologues who ideo whose ideology was so last century and we're fighting them all the time now. Now, when it comes to compulsory payment, it will happen unless big business starts paying on time. And with the Business Council of Australia, they've put together uh, a payment code. Yeah. It's been signed up to by, I think, 70 of their members, 70 large businesses, including Coles and Woolworths, who are um, paying small business with a turnover up to two million, I think, or maybe five, and paying them on 14 days. So we're, we're monitoring And this. the government's doing it themselves as well. If you've got, I think it's less than 10 employees they pay within a month. That's right. But even then, I'm, I'm hearing stories still that they don't pay within a month, even though the figures that are coming out of government says they do. Mm. There's, there's figures and there's figures, because if you lodge an invoice with them, it's when they register the invoice that they uh, start yes, measuring. But that's what, the big, that's what the big end of town say as well. Yeah, and that's where you know, they're They've got to pay on time. This is about people's health. And this is about, as you, as you said before, the economy. And, and as, a, as a terrible story, Nestle, that big multinational, huge company, Nestle have just started at uh, 120 days. So they're going from 90 days Excuse payment. Excuse me? Well, I haven't, and wait, wait till I finish with the rest of the story. This is a disgraceful story. End of the month plus, plus 120. 
well, end of the month plus 120, right? And no, but then because they're such a caring organisation, they have made an offer to their uh, suppliers saying, we understand you're going to have a cash flow problem. We're happy to lend you some money <gasps> until we pay you no. and you'll only have to pay 6% no. interest. And that's Except in France, where they're not allowed to do that by legislation. Well, let's hope that they can push multinationals through that, but isn't that a terrible story? Do you think realistically we are any closer to that happening at all? We are, well, definitely closer. So two years ago, we had nothing. Right, nobody was was paying, was interested in paying on time. Now we've got seventy firms signed up to a, uh, an agreement. So that's a start. As I said, that's a start. We didn't have that before, and we've got it. But how now. much closer are we in terms of legislation? Oh, I'd say two years. If they, if they, if more people don't start signing up, and we've got our great ombudsman, the small business ombudsman in Kate Carnell, and she's all over this. Mm. Um, she's pushing already for legislation. The Greens are pushing for it. They've mm -hmm. got it. They put a. They may have put something up to Parliament saying that you know we want to make this compulsory, so they're on board. What are they talking? Are they talking 14-day model? What are they talking? 30. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're talking 30. 30. Yeah. So yeah. that's still for me not not it's not acceptable really. As a really micro small business who has contractors and employees to pay, you don't get 14 days to pay your employees or your contractors who you know are living potentially hand to mouth. You pay them immediately and that's I think what the difference is here. They don't understand that small businesses are the ones who pay first. Mm. We are always the ones who pay first. We don't have a no, 14 day We situation. Most of us, I mean some of us, there's always a small percentage who aren't good, but most of us are proud of our name mm. and we don't want to sully that name by having another supplier say, where's my money? I'm, you know, I haven't seen it for three months and we get embarrassed by that. So mm. we want to pay and we want to do those things, as you say. How can we when we're getting paid on 120 days or 90 days or 60 days? So this is, this is a huge, as you said, it's a huge issue and there's lots of other issues there we're fighting. Can I ask you one more quick question in terms of politics? Um, how disappointed were you when the small business minister was dropped from cabinet? Oh, I was, I was, I was shocked. I, I was watching the, watching it on television. I remember I threw something at the television. <laughs> I really, I, I'm glad I didn't break it. But I was, I mean, Bruce Bilson also had done a fantastic job. Yeah, he, right? was, he was, and he was very hands-on. Oh, he was. Great. And he, the fact that he was a small business person himself always makes a big difference. But um, Craig Lundy might be doing a fantastic job in his portfolio of a myriad of things that he has to look after, mm. but he's not on cabinet. So that, to me, says that. That the, the the government in power right now, the Liberal Party, are not giving small business the importance that it is because it's simply not on the agenda. Well, I, I, to, to, I agree with you. We should absolutely be in Parliament. We represent uh, two million people who employ seven million people. Mm. You know, we're a huge part of the economy. We're a part of culture. You know, the culture of, of different parts of Sydney comes from the businesses that are in those in those areas. Mm. I mean, we are so important. Uh, we're the backbone of charities. You know, the people who sit on the sports club boards and charity boards are often self-employed people. So we're all there. And the backbone of volunteerism as well. Uh, thank you. And we should be in, in, in um, Cabinet. At the moment, we are getting a lot from government, mm. a lot more than we've ever got before. Bruce Bilson led the way on that. Uh, Kelly O'Dwyer certainly did more on that with the effects test, etc. So we're not as aggressive as we might be about it because we are getting certain it's things, things happening. happening. We, we need more. Don't start me on superannuation. <laughs> well, look, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you, Peter. Thank you very much for joining us on Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. We are going to continue this conversation. Yeah, please do. Thank you very much. Thanks, Peter.
I wanted to let you all know that I was happy to be invited along to the Cisco Australia New Zealand launch of a brand new product that they've got. It's basically, well, my take on it was pretty much a platform where Cisco is offering a better package for small businesses in the realm of internet connectivity as well as uh, hardware products, software products and a platform on which you can control your IT management. Now, why I was excited about this, I mean, this just sounds like another, you know, big business, you know, getting themselves into the into the small business economy, of course, because we all know as small businesses that we are a very powerful group of um, of, of businesses brought together. But singly, we, we probably don't have that much power. It was nice to see as well that we had Peter Strong from the uh, Small Business Association as well, which was great to have him there representing. But what I liked about Cisco's product was that they're not actually selling it directly to us. They're using other small businesses and medium-sized businesses to access uh, us and, and sell it uh, almost a second, a resellers, if you wish. And what I liked about it was that they had uh, a lot of IT professionals that they're bringing on board as what they call partners. Um, and it's part of their wider strategy to address the challenges faced by small and medium-sized business when, when it comes to digitization. Another real focus was the cybersecurity element as well. They're recognizing that small business is really struggling under the weight of all the, um, the ways that they can be infiltrated, whether it be through email, or through um, literally somebody just hacking into your network and, and remaining in the background there and being unsafe. And one of the things that they're launching is a, a thing called the umbrella where I guess it's the way I thought of it was it's a bit of a patch. It's a, a something that you subscribe to, I think. They haven't quite got all the details out yet, but it pretty much blocks IP addresses that they have recognised through their, their research to be unsafe. So say, for example, you're being um, tapped into by a particular IP address that is known to have insidious activity and it's known to be a phishing scam or anything like that. They will block it for you before it even reaches anywhere near any of your data, which I thought was quite helpful. It is a bit of a minefield out there and it's great to see the big boys, A, recognising small business as the real uh, market op opportunity for them that, that we are and that we have power in that, but also that they're, they're partnering with other small businesses to, to deliver this product. I was lucky enough to um, to interview uh, Ken Bowl, who is the um, CEO of of Cisco uh, Australia New Zealand and he was able to give me a little bit of insight into the product and we're going to hear a little bit from him now. And welcome back to Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. I am here with Ken Bowl, who is the head of Cisco Systems and has just uh, made an incredible launch which we're very excited about here on Small Biz and it sounds to me like a partnership between big business and little business bridging the gap when it comes to uh, internet connectivity and all those needs and infrastructure and everything like that. Now, I want to ask you some big picture stuff, Ken. Um, I mentioned in the in the chat that I had great concerns about internet connectivity and this being a huge hurdle for small business. Um, are all of these grand plans possible if we don't get that right, in your opinion? Well, internet connectivity is an absolute necessity, Alexi. It's, um, it's critical for Australia. Um, listen, I think we're, made, we're making pretty good headway. There is, there's improving internet access for residential and business, um, business users more and more. Clearly the NBN is a, is a major work in progress, but it's, I think it's making good progress now. And I don't think there's too many uh, firms that can 
possibly argue that they, they're not getting the right scale of internet capability today. Now, it can always be better. We always want it cheaper, faster, better, um, and that will come in time. But it's an absolute um, critical part of a, of, a, of a business nowadays. Let's face it, if the internet goes off the air, the business goes off the air. There's, in many cases, there's no longer a backup. There's no longer cash in the till. So these uh, internet services are absolutely critical and um, I think more and more businesses are realising that. We only have to look at the fact that when a bank goes down for 24 hours and the impact that that has on small business, for example, you're absolutely right. Now, one of the other things that I was quite excited about in the uh, presentation was you bridging the gap between what you are, which is a large organisation, down to small, and you're doing that through partnering with management consultants. And it's great that you are recognising their level of expertise. Has that been a fundamental part of this and will it continue in the rollout as, as this program gets bigger? Absolutely, Alexia. I think we, um, we're, a, we're a big collaborator. We realise if we're going to help Australian small business thrive in the era of digital, we can't do it alone. Uh, we don't have the breadth and the footprint to go and work with the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of small businesses. So to do that, we build a network that is a uh, a partnership network with all sorts of firms. You touched on management consultants, that's absolutely. For people that advise small business are critical because that's what small business need is up-to-date, relevant, accurate advice around how to build these appropriate digital platforms for small business. And what's the right stepping stones to do that? So the management consultants play a role, Our service providers, our telecommunications carriers play a role, um, computer resellers, regional players play a role. There's a whole whole set of, of organisations that we're working with to get it done and we've had to do our own work, we've had to make our own changes as well Alexi in that we've had to bring the technology, build the right technology for small business. Um, it's no good just taking large industrial scale networking equipment and trying to literally flog that off to small business owners um, we've had to absolutely simplify the technology i wouldn't say dumb it down i'd actually say uh, absolutely to simplify it create take that power of the enterprise technology but to simplify it so that small business can put it to good use and to get the value out of it to support their business growth. I think what you're trying to say there is you're trying to remove the corporate speak that we don't really understand and trying to get it down to what you're actually trying to target and solve the problem. And that's what Peter alluded to in the in the meeting as well. It's it's what is the solution to my problem? So I can't I have concerns about uh, you know cybersecurity attacks and ways of them getting in there. What is the solution to that? Can you tell me a little bit more about the umbrella product because I think that's Definitive, and I noticed that when you were mentioning it, you were uh, uh, trying to shy away from a, um, a restrictive approach. But it's not that, is it? It's more of a protective approach. Would you agree? That, that's exactly right. And these things are always opt-in. I think, you know, cybersecurity—it's—it's it's a massive issue for everybody, big firms and small firms alike. And I think we're. We've still got a long way to go. As I mentioned, there's a lot of cyber fatigue. And in small firms who don't have an IT expert at hand at all times, 
How do you cope with the constant deluge of updates and patches and things that need to be done in order to stay secure? So what we're trying to do is to bring products that automate some of that, that prevent the issues uh, from occurring before they actually occur. And that is the umbrella product. And the, the analogy here is like providing clean drinking water. When you turn on the tap, you want to know that that, that source of water is devoid of nasties and malicious bugs and what have you and malware and that you trust that source of, of water. Same thing with internet services. And so what Umbrella does is it, it protects organisations and individual users from nasties that are out there on the internet. And uh, that's really important because what, many sites that look good, they look fine, um, we're agnostic of the content, but they may, some of these sites might be full of malware. And this malware might not affect your, you or your firm straight away. Often these malwares are sitting in your organisation for hundreds of days and literally potentially filtering information out of your organisation, certainly while you don't know about it. So Umbrella stops all of that. And as I said, it's content agnostic, but it really provides that um, we provide a global insight as to essentially what are the good sites and what are the bad sites, not on content, but on the maliciousness of the malware on some of these uh, websites around the world. Speaking about cybersecurity and where Australia sits in its uh, data breach um, situation at the moment, um, I've heard a statistic recently that the uh, the place where you need to say where your data breach has happened is about two years behind in processing the data breaches. Are we really that far behind the rest of the world? We look at what's just happened in the EU. They've got 48 hours to notify of a data breach and yet here you've got up to, what is it, 30 days to, to notify. Are we behind the rest of the world in your opinion? Well, it's fairly new in Australia. I mean, the data breach notification scheme was only kicked off in February. That's what I'm saying. Are we behind? Yeah. Yeah. Um, listen, I think... I don't know that we're behind. I think, I mean, obviously with Europe, they've just... They're introducing even more, let's say, stringent requirements about around information privacy. So Australia, this is a really good move. This is just what we need as a nation because we've got to be able to trust the digital systems that are powering the economy. If we lose trust, then heaven help us, um, that, could, that could be uh, you know, severely impacting our overall economy. So we've got to get, we've got to get trust in, we've got to maintain trust into the system. So that requires that every firm at every level lift its capabilities around cyber. Notifying around data breaches is an important thing to do. It shouldn't be the call of, of shame. Rather, it's about understanding, alerting, and remediating from there. Because as a nation, we will learn about what's actually happening on the internet so that we can remediate, fix, and get on with building the, the better digital platforms, the more secure digital platforms in the future. Now, the government agencies that, that is responsible, they are flat out. They are getting, uh, the good news is, is that these breaches are being notified, as they should be. Um, and I think, you know, we're still in the early days, and, I, and no doubt they're in the early days working through the processes and guiding small, medium and large firms around, 
around the notifications, what to do. Uh, there's some good apparatus in the Australian system here. We've got the Joint Cyber Security Centres and the Australian Cyber Security Centres as well. The government's put some good firepower and muscle behind um, cyber security. It's come a long way in two years, but I think over the next two years we're going to have to go and equally, you know, uh, just as far in the future. Look, thank you very much for joining us here on Small Biz Matters. Really appreciate you sharing some of your insights on the bigger picture of where we sit in terms of connectivity and cyber security across Australia and, and the impact that it's going to have on small, biz, small business as well. Thank you very much for joining us on the program. Good one. Thanks, Alexi.